Welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. Read up on our testimonials from well-established authors. Testimonials. Um, mm. You know, I, I'm interested in these testimonials. Have you been hiding them from me? Um. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> if, if you've been hiding them, then uh, which well-established authors, you know? I'd like to know about our marketing. Um, okay. I don't think we have anybody who's more well-established than I am. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. But, I mean... You know. I know, I know some people. It's, it's possible, but, you know, I don't think I would use those connections. Yeah, but they can't have, they can't write a testimonial unless they've listened to it. So, just because you know Yeah, them. no, they're, they're, they're people that I could get to listen to the podcast yeah. and write them. But, but uh, I'm not going to use those connections for this. Well, well, you should use those connections to get us uh-huh. get us to a wider audience. Uh-huh. Not that we um, don't appreciate oh. the, the eight of you who listen every week. We really do. <laughs> I think it's eight or nine, but yeah. Uh... Anyways, moving on from that, um, I do have a little bit of interesting housekeeping to do because I've been reading a romance series these last uh, three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on book 12, and we just got to the second couple. Like, the first perspective change. Every other book before this has been from the same perspective, from the same romance. Um, Wait. And I think I have come to the conclusion... Yeah. That uh, your whole uh, new couple every book thing is a straight people thing. Is a straight people thing? Is a straight people thing. Okay, but question: Do they yes. do they sleep together from book one? Um, like in the literal like sleeping next to each other sense. No, or in the in the, in in the coitus sex? sense. <laughs> yes, at the. Endish. At the end of book one. Wow. Yes. Okay. I mean, it might be a straight person thing. I can't. I can't say I read a lot of gay romance. I don't read a lot of straight romance. To be fair. That being said, is it a popular book? <laughs> it's fairly popular um, as a series. I mean, um, the book, the individual books themselves are. At least one category, they're pretty high up there. But uh, yeah, I know it's actually pretty popular. So I think, I think that uh, explains our difference. You know, you you have the straight people thing of a new romance every book because I don't know. Actually, I don't get that. Um. <laughs> it's the it's the thrill of the chase. That fuck the chase. I wanna I wanna cuddle with somebody for like you know, six hours every day, and that would be the perfect romance for me. Yeah, but, like, the way they do they do that is they, they have a new main couple every series, but then they do flashbacks of the old couples cuddling. So then you like get the that. best of... No, just same main couple. Come on, just make things happen around them. That's fine. I mean, wouldn't you rather a bunch of people fall in love and then there's just love everywhere? <laughs> How about... You keep it from the perspective of the main character most of the time. And then you have that happen anyway in, in the background, on the sides, you know? Because that was a thing that was happening. Okay, so it was just the perspective that was reversed. But in the end... No, because there were a total of, like, three couples. But, okay. like, 
you know, over 12 books. So okay. That's fair. Usually in straight romance series, there there's some like some like token gay couples in the periphery who get together but don't get their own book. <laughs> See, I'm entertained by the token straight couples. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um no, there, there were actually, like, even in the book that I'm talking about, there were more straight couples around than there were yeah. Uh, yeah. non-straight couples. Okay. Because, uh, turns out... Statistically, that's... LGBT people are, are well aware that they are statistically... Not as common. ...fewer in number <laughs> than... Yeah, go realism. Um, <laughs> okay, so, I, I don't know. Email us if you feel that this explains our different differing perspectives on I mean, it definitely explains our different ex- perspectives. <laughs> I don't know if it... I, I... Like, if you can figure out why that, that distinction exists, I will be fascinated. Like, write a paper on it. It's because you know? just... <laughs> they're just more into cuddling, whereas the, the, the straight folks are more into the thrill of the chase. That's clearly the explanation, you know? I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I do think that's a start. I think it boils down to that, you know? I have a very reductionist view of the world. <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, non-housekeeping things. I do believe that it's your idea this week. Yeah, Unless, but uh... we still have to introduce ourselves. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, housekeeping. So... <laughs> Okay, hi everyone, my name is Eunice, uh, I call myself a writer, but haven't updated in like four months, and I feel guilty about it, but you know, probably not (laughs) for another couple weeks at least. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. Hi, I'm Mathieu, uh, I, I'm in an unfortunately similar position, uh, it hasn't been months, I will say that. Uh, but it has been longer than I usually like because I'm dealing with midterms. Gross. Or, or at least, like, midterm essays. They're not quite midterms in the sense that people are used to. Gross. Okay, yeah, so, um, today is my, my turn. And the idea that I thought up is a world where food can provide those like bonuses that you see in games <laughs> but like that's pretty much the only magic in the world i see <laughs> making food actually important and not just this annoying thing that will either make you fat if you like it too much or make you suffer if you don't like it <laughs> so okay mm-hmm. There are there are a few questions I have here. Um, first off, is there any particular reason that they need these magic food buffs, like monsters or something, or is it just like I think our world, but food gives people weird magic buffs? Uh, I think there are monsters, and if you eat them, it gives you special bonuses. So it's both a need well yeah but if you drag them home and then cook them it'll give you even better special bonuses exactly if you combine them with the right herbs and cook them at the right temperature um and mince them correctly you know some of the you gotta put them in there with the right herbs and spices you know some of the ingredients are like garlic the more you chop them up the more 
affect you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. I want every... So I've been binge-watching a ton of cooking um, videos on YouTube, despite the fact that I will never cook anything that, like, needs more than, like, six ingredients. Um, and... Oh, I've already gone past your limit. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really want there to be kind of a magical equivalent to like all of the food chemistry terms that they use you know they go like maillard browning and gluten formation and rising with the with the yeast and and fermentation so i i would like there to be a magical equivalent to like every single one of these processes um so got it got it and the entire story is just kind of like food porn with like magic jokes through (laughs) it You know, this seems more like the premise for, like, an animated series or something than it does for, like, a, a novel. Well, you know, it's the whole classic... I mean, you might be able to make, like, a... You might be able to make, like, a web series Exactly, it, like, and then it, it gets be, popular it enough. tough. And then, well, you just gotta make it popular enough, and then it'll pick it up as an anime, right? <laughs> um... Not exactly, because you have to be writing in the right languages and live in the right place, mm, and... yeah. I don't know if our listener base is that right yeah. people in the right place. Actually, no, I can explicitly tell you that our listener base is not. Yeah. Because everyone's from the US. <laughs> no. And a little bit and a little bit of Europe. But mostly the US. You know, English speaking. <laughs> because yeah, we speak English. Um but you know. Or you could do it like web serials. But you would have to like illu- you put one or two illustrations per chapter, you know, just to. Oh yeah! Now we're now we're asking our listeners to be good at drawing. Too. That's what that's what getting somebody else to do it is for. <laughs> you know that's fair. Or they could they could just take a picture of real food and add sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I have two questions here, right? <laughs> The first one is, do you want it to be, like, an ongoing thing? And do you want, like, the, the food to allow people to use actual, like, what you expect when you hear magic? And the second question is, do you want it to be magic at all? Or do you want all the fake magic terms and stuff to be just a, like, mild cover over for an actual cooking show in web serial an actual cooking show in web serial format (laughs) well no when i when i say that i mean like you might use some fake um magical beast name but like it's a stand-in for duck yeah and then like every chapter will have a recipe that if you translate the ingredients correctly would turn into the food See, I would be extremely entertained by this, <laughs> uh-huh. but I'm not sure that it's, like, a good idea. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it would be, like, people who are into the ironic thing would be really into this. Like, I don't know if you're aware of the serial Just a Rock, uh, but it was a, 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 the adventures of a literal rock, and the rock, like, was anthropomorphized, but, like, really just didn't do anything, got knocked around by some water and stuff like that. And... I see. And it got a lot of five-star reviews. So, 
I can't say that I'm necessarily against the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the, there's the part of each chapter that's just going to be a recipe. Yes. Uh, and the chapter will be... What's the other part of the chapter? The main character cooking the recipe. And, well, first gathering the ingredients for the recipe, which involves quests and slaughter, and then cooking the recipe. Got it. Okay, so the quests, so the quests and slaughter and stuff. Are they like using whatever they made last time and like turning it into? Yeah. Well, I'm feeling like the the MC is like a gourmet, which is both hilarious but also like a very powerful job in this world. <laughs> A gourmet kind of sounds like, you know, like an assassin or a specialist. Yeah, so, but, but, like, like, the MC is a gourmet in the sense that they want to actually try all the foods in the world, and they have a vast knowledge of food and ingredients and how to cook them and combine them in ways that have good taste, but also, you know, magical effects. So a double gourmet. Got it, got it. (laughs) So they're, you know... In this world, they're absolutely terrifying. Yeah, like, you don't mess with the chefs. <laughs> like, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> Alright, uh, I do kind of question, how does taste testing work uh, in this world? Or do they just not taste test? Uh, you mean, like, wines and stuff? No, I mean, like, while you're cooking, sometimes you taste what you're making to make sure that it's going the right way. I think you would still do that. You should be able to correlate. Would it give you magic buffs in the middle of... Yeah, partial. Cooking? Partial. No, it's... Oh, okay. And I would say the duration of the buff depends on the quantity of the food you consume, so a little a little, a little, spoonful won't do much. <laughs> It'll just give you like two or three minutes of... Yeah, of whatever. <laughs> ...being super strong and needing to be very careful with your kitchen equipment. Yeah. Or, like, you know, if they're in a rush, they might take a bite of something that increases their speed and just go... And become a food processor. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) You know, people... Just a momentary... Just a momentary, like, it's a... No, I mean, it's like they've got, like, a little packet of something that gives them a speed buff. And they, uh, they're, like, chopping something and they're like, oh, okay. So they just down one of these little packets and then... This is a world where people carry around what look like Skittles, you know, but inside is, like, stuff that they, they might need on a short notice. That sounds really gross. But they're, like, but they're like brightly colored to, like, distinguish, like, which does what so it's easy to access or something, you know. They might even be, like, textured, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can tell them without even looking. Yeah. Yeah, everyone has Skittles, you know? <laughs> I think a little bit bigger than Skittles, but yeah. Depending on how, how short or long of a, of a buff you need. Some people carry around, you know, everlasting gobstoppers. I don't know if everyone understands these references to candy. And then some of them carry around, what's a big candy? Like a, like a Terry's chocolate orange. You just named gobstoppers, what the f- Oh my god, gobstoppers! And they have layers, you know? So... <laughs> Oh, I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> Layered gobstopper candy gives you a different buff every hour. Keep it in your mouth. You know you're fighting someone, and then their powers suddenly change, and you're like, ah! You're like, I didn't see them eat anything. <laughs> yeah, 
because they've had this like mm. slowly dissolving thing in their oh, cheek man. the last hour. Can you imagine what a turducken would do to your power? <laughs> <laughs> that really depends on I that really depends on like what uh, magical beasts we use for the turkey, the duck and the chicken, you know? Because if each one of them isn't very powerful, or if they all have the same effect, it's just like, oh, okay, I guess. No, if matters. they have the same effect, it multiplies. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, that's that's disturbing. Synergy. Multiplies. Multiplies. Doesn't add. It multiplies. it multiplies. But you do have to cook them together. You gotta stuff them together and eat them. Like you gotta eat one, uh, the bites of all of them at the same time. It's very specific. You're not. You're not allowed to just get a strip of all, like a strip of all three, and then eat them at the same, like in the same bite. You have to actually cook them together. Yeah, like dining etiquette is extremely important in this world. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Okay, and don't, don't you mess with those wine pairings because that'll change the whole, whole thing. <laughs> oh, and people can definitely tell when, like, you know, they get food and they're like, oh, you didn't make this the way I asked, and then they take it back and they just, like, scrape off whatever wasn't asked for. They can definitely tell. Yeah. You know, because they get the, the different buff than they wanted. And then, you know, like, truffles, they're not just expensive, they're, like, um, restricted substances. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Perhaps if they're cooked wrong, they make you explode. Like, the, the forests in which they're uh, scavenged for are, like, restricted areas, authorized personnel only. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> oh, man. I guess I have to wonder, uh, mm-hmm. if the animal, like the animals and plants aren't being cooked, do they still have magical effects? Yeah. Because if so... Every animal would have magical effects all the time. Yeah, I would say most butterflies are extremely magical because they spend their entire caterpillar life eating like one thing and just concentrating it in their bodies. Oh, I see. I w- so I would say <laughs> so butterflies are fucking. Yeah, terrifying. they're really they're really magical. I mean, most of them are benevolent, but like, don't ever go try catching them or whatever. Don't, don't fuck you up. Well, I mean, you know, without preparation. If you are prepared, you know, catching a butterfly. Uh, I would say most animals will have, you know, like the main thing that they eat, and they'll have like one attribute or whatever. But uh, but like, it won't be too concentrated unless they exclusively eat the same thing. Got um, it. That makes sense. And then I would say predators up the food chain get a lot stronger because the concentration of biomass of yeah yeah so like they have a bunch of different effects that may combine in unexpected ways yeah i think it would be really funny to just go into like different animals diets and then just decide what you want their superpowers to be like koalas like don't mess with those they eat they eat poisonous leaves all day <laughs> you don't, yeah, we could just make them like the the Australian drop bear. Koalas are terrifying. Um, what do you what do you call them? Like uh, like poison mages. Yeah, and it's like 
Why does nobody else have this ability to control things? Nobody else eats poison all day. Yeah, like koalas are so, like they have basilisk powers. Like don't even look at them. You'll turn into stone. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like this as a, as a general premise. Kind of wonder, is it Mithridates? Who? The guy who ate way too much poison and then tried to die by poison, but couldn't die by poison, so he had to get stabbed. Uh, I didn't hear about that. Uh, let me let me just check, you know, with a with a search. Okay. Yes, actually, he is the guy. Uh, he just ate a bunch of poison because he was afraid of being poisoned. It developed an immunity to all those poisons. Then later, tried to die. By poison. Mm. So he had to get stabbed. Yeah. Don't build your immunity and then... Yeah, that's illogical. What? Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm entertained by it, but, you know, I don't live... We can talk about effective ways to kill yourself, but that's a different episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not. You know. It, it, you know, it, it kind of depends on if we ever bring up powers that are triggered by you killing yourself. Um... We could do half the episode devoted to ways to kill other people, and then ways to kill yourself. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, going back to that, like, what kind of powers would he develop? Because he went with all different kinds of poisons, but just all the time. If you eat a bunch of different kinds of poisons... Like, you know, we'd have to decide magical versions of poisons, right? So, you know, you turn to stone, you can, like, make other people blind... You can just uh, make them start rotting or uh, become paralyzed, you know. Maybe the things that are poisonous give you, like, more extreme powers than most things, but, like, they'll also kill you, so... Yeah. So, (laughs) it can do whatever. Like, if you want to Google, like, horrific medical diseases to have, um, I'm sure you can find some good fodder. But, you know. Yeah, no, there are plenty of those. But be warned, Um, it's nasty. (laughs) Yeah. Suggestion. Don't do that when you're going to be eating soon. Yeah. And if if you actually don't mind, you could be a great doctor. (laughs) Or nurse. Or nurse. That's true. I mean, you see a lot more variety of absolutely disgusting stuff as you go through med school. That's true, although I'm not sure, like, variety really matters once you get past the first, you know, few times. No, no, no. See, you can get used to the stuff you've seen before, and then you'll see something new that's like, whoa, I'm now again shocked and disgusted. That's fair, I suppose. (laughs) I just, like, you know, I would think that the shock and disgust reaction would just go away over time, because it's just like, oh... (sighs) Another gross thing. You would think Neat. that, but it's the same way that I constantly think I know how bad the American healthcare system is, and then I learn something new about it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, uh, I'm even more disgusted. Uh, I've hit a new low. This must be the absolute low. And then... <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's never the absolute Yeah. Have you met Americans? So that's how I feel about gross things. Um, there's always a new grocer. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Okay, 
So mm-hmm. we've got our we've got our general premise. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we want there to be any actual story to this, or are we just leaning into the absolute ridiculous cookbook nature? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this would lend itself to be an endless web serial, but there would with no intent to ever end it. No, no, I think just... there would still have to be some kind of overarching plot to give it the sense of progression, even though there's no actual progression. You know the way I write my stories. <laughs> Shh, um, we're not supposed to tell them that. No, no, you gotta admit it. This is for this is for the writers, not the readers. You know that's fair. Uh, <laughs> although I will admit that even though my web serials are are built to go on a long time, they're not actually built to go on forever. I mean, mine aren't built to go on forever. There is an overarching plot. It's just that there's more tangent than plot, so it'll take forever. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've ever gone on a tangent. Well, you should try it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's also a waste of page space when I'm trying to get across, like, you know, an actual plot plus a bunch of character plots mm. happening in the background. Well, mate, you know. What's with you and your plot-driven stories? They're not plot-driven. They're character-driven. Oh. There's a plot and character wow. plots. And all those character plots are more important than the actual plot. Wow. But, like, the actual plot was built around the character plots to begin with. Yeah, that's... There's so much stuff you actually have to go... See, I I don't... Are my stories character-driven? I guess? Your stories are... are C- car- comedy? Plot? Comedy theme? driven, yeah. Comedy, Comedy driven. Is that is that a is that accurate. a type of story that is in the classifications? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, um, but that's what they are. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I could actually. Uh, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna open with uh, our, our listeners here. I, I'm an English major, so I could categorize it, but it wouldn't make sense <laughs> to anyone who hasn't been studying plots. For three years, okay. so that's fine. Let's just say my stories are comedy driven, and go with that. Yes, um, that works. But tangents are great. Um, Obviously, otherwise, why else would you be listening to this podcast? <laughs> that's very true. But okay, so overall plot. Um, okay, do we want main character to have tragic backstory? No. no, I don't think tragic backstory fits with the tone we're going for. Um, Unless we make it like comedically tragic, you know, like when some somebody's backstory is so tragic that you're just like, "What the fuck?" Yes, but I don't like. You could lean into that, uh, but I don't think you could do like a normal tragic backstory. I don't really want you know everybody from MC's childhood to have been tortured to death and eaten. In an evil right, or some—that's too much. <laughs> no, it's only one person gets tortured to death and eaten in an evil right. The other one gets tortured to death and eaten, you know, to counteract the evil right. <laughs> okay, let's not put cannibalism in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like something to avoid. Like it's a lot of power, but like, also you're eating a person. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not eat people. I feel, but you know, like if the if if the MC had a tragic backstory in this world, somebody would have been eaten. So we can't do that. Or even better, somebody close to them was killed, and then they were forced to eat them. 
Oh no, no, I, no. <laughs> that is so edgelord. <laughs> you said tragic backstory. That is, of course, I've got to take it way too far. That is the edgiest edgelord thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> is it really? Yes. Because if so, you've been a hell of shelter. No, no, no. But, like, in the context of a world with food magic, like, somebody being forced to eat their loved one is, like, so edgy. Like, that is... <laughs> oh, man. Like, let's not. <laughs> See, I'd be all for it. Because no, 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 it's just, no, no, like, no. you got to make it no. real, like... No, that's that's too edgy. That's... Okay. Oh, man. I got a paper cut. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now let's say the main character, as a kid, was an orphan. (laughs) (laughs) They were orphaned from the moment they were born. I got, I got. That's a reference to all my other orphans in all the other episodes. But it doesn't necessarily need to be an orphan. But I mean, you could, you could. You could, you know, play up the absolute ridiculousness of it and don't even bother to make it realistic and go, I was orphaned before I was ever born. Um, but <laughs> but the, the main character had a mentor who taught him how to cook and has lots of Again, fond memories. Them is gender neutral. Come You're on. You're the one who said he first. <laughs> I did? Yeah. Ah, oh, I'm a disaster. Sucker. Kill me. You lost this time. Um, Gasp. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, as a kid, did not realize that cooking was magical or powerful. It was just kind of, you know, the fun thing that you do with your substitute uh, parent figure. But then, one day, Su- mentor... <laughs> Usually we use the word surrogate, not substitute. Substitute. MC was born artificially. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Um... And then one day, Mentor disappears suddenly when, you know, MC is like 14, 14, you know, an edgy age like that. 14, 15? 12 or so. (laughs) Um, So now, now uh, MC is on on a quest to find, find the Mentor and figure out why they poofed. But, you know, is well equipped in terms of skills to be able to navigate the world and uh whenever they need money we'll just open like a pop-up restaurant for a day (laughs) (laughs) they have like um like they used some uh previous bit of magic that they found from some you know rare animal or like rare butterfly or something and they they were able to make like a like a bag of holding essentially Mm -hmm. and what's inside the bag of holding is a pop-up food cart yeah and, like, the pop-up areas will not just be, like, in a town. They'll just, like, set up in the middle of, like, the most dangerous hunting ground on the planet and just be like, yeah, the food is really expensive, but if you don't buy it, you'll die. So. <laughs> I would think that if somebody was going into the most dangerous area in, in the world, they would just, like, you know. Uh, either. No, no. Prepare? I see. No, no. Either you pay out the nose. Or you exchange some of your ingredients that you just hunted for cooked food. So then that's how... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. Okay, so we're going for the uh, shopkeeper in the middle of nowhere trope. Yeah. 
but it there's a there's logic to it because that's where you you got to get your fresh ingredients right from the source it's like you could pay way more than this is worth or you could give me those ingredients you just hunt and frankly we both know that you have way too many of those ingredients and so we know that you're gonna die and then i can just collect the ingredients off your dead body if you don't <laughs> yeah we know that there's this monster that you totally weren't prepared for i have a solution right here yeah i like it and then you know so we have to decide where the mentor went so then we can put like little clues in the adventures hmm. to find them and then eventually find the mentor Maybe they discovered a way to, like... Okay. It's, I'm gonna go weird here, right? Okay. So, uh... A million years ago. At the ancient civilization. Anyway. Uh, uh, like, you make it so that, like... There was this big mountain that just, like, got destroyed at some point. But, like, the top of that mountain, like, hung out there. And, like, people have been able to fly. But they haven't been able to fly fast and long enough to be able to get up there. And the mentor, maybe, they found like some kind of combination or way of cooking things and they they found it and they were like oh if i combine these in this way then i'll actually be able to get up there and then they went up there and then something's keeping them there either like either you know they were trapped and that now they're being stuck there or they're you know doing something or even funnier is if they just got really excited to do this research and have just been up there ever since like taking research notes um, i'm just imagining the like anti-climax moment when the mc rescues the mentor and is like oh you just got stuck <laughs> and wondering if that's that'll be satisfying to the readers i would think that would be very funny but getting down off this place is a lot easier than getting up <laughs> It's a lot. Specifically, if you have anything that can give you flight at all, you just fall halfway down and then eat it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the maybe the mentor <laughs> got too excited. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. That was their plan, but they decided about halfway through to test it on a small scale, and they realized that if they eat while falling, they immediately get sick. They get sick? Yeah, like they can't, like they can't eat while falling, and like that's the entire reason that they've been up there this entire time. Wow. Okay, that's so anticlimax. I think I love an anticlimax, especially if it's handled well. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, but it, like the way I do my stories, the the mini day to day tangents are humorous, but the overarching plot is serious. So then I don't know if the readers would find that that satisfying but i i think if you handled it lightly enough you could just be like oh yeah it fits well i mean, I mean we're not like being super serious the whole way through right like yeah. if it was a huge tone shift that would be one thing but like as we've discussed handling it so far it's been like it's pretty much comedy and like jokiness the whole way through mm-hmm. so like if you get to the end of it is like it could be serious and you could like try to tug at their heartstrings a little or you could go the total joke route right yeah and like if you want to tug at people's heartstrings that's a thing that you can do but like as a suggestion if you're staying in tone being ridiculous and anticlimactic is also a valid option and like even if you're ridiculous and anticlimactic about you know why they're stuck there you can still be dramatic about the successful rescue, you know? Sure. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so you have to make all the hints on the way to finding the mentor also jokey. Like, it can't be too serious. Like, oh, there's this some kind of grand mystery going on. Like, nope. Well, you could make it a grand mystery, but, like, nobody cares about it because they're pretty sure that it's nothing. Yeah. Okay. You know, I feel like there should be some kind of animal that has developed the ability to talk who accompanies the MC on the journey. Maybe that's the uh, benefit that animals get for eating people. Okay, so it's it's an animal that has eaten a person. Uh, but just one, you know. After after eating... Didn't kill them, ate them. After eating the person, it got smart enough to develop morality. <laughs> Again, might have eaten a person who was already dead. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, or, you know, maybe killed a person in self-defense. That's fair. And then ate them. Yeah. Just, you know, they're already dead after that. Come on, if you're not going to eat them, it's a waste. Um, and then, you know, that that creature also becomes gourmet. And I would personally make them gradually develop all the characteristics of being a dragon as the adventure went. You know, start as a lizard. Uh-huh. Start as a lizard. And then just, you know, get larger. Grow wing buds. And then what... I would start them as a snake because that would be way funnier. And then one day belch fire, you know? And it's like, oops, I didn't know I could do that. It was like a burp, but it, it, there was fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. You know? And then um, there's not, like, a lot of literature on what occurs to animals who eat, like, prepared foods. So, like... The MC is like it's almost like very... most animals don't eat prepared foods. Yeah, so the the MC is like, well, none of my vast culinary experience tells me what to do right now. <laughs> I like how yeah. in in this case, um, culinary experience correlates to magic genetic engineering experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we have the basis for a story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty short, but you know. Do we need a bad guy? I don't think we need any individual bad guy. Okay. So you know, we'll just have some. Yeah, you know, some some rampaging magical animals that need to be dealt with, and then you know, after they get dealt with, make delicious, delicious and powerful meals. That you sell to the whole town, you know, just yeah. as like a like a funny. It's like, oh yeah, all these monsters were running through our town, and then this guy showed up and killed them, and then we had a good, we had a good feast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if the MC just wields giant meat cleavers. Probably wields actual weapons, given the world that we're yeah. living in. Like, you could go for the like gigantic meat cleavers thing in a world where like being a chef is strange, but in this world, it's like. That makes sense. Okay. So, you know, there's a meat cleaver, but it's kept in the backpack. Yeah, well, it's for cleaving meat. It's not for killing things. Um, cleaving dead meat, specifically. Mm-hmm. Because in this world, a sword is a standard cook's tool. Uh, yeah, you gotta go harvest harvest your ingredients. And, uh... Exactly. When you're, when you're just starting out, at least. Um, and, you know, like... Security for your vegetable garden is taken a lot more seriously than it used to be. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. It's not just birds you're worried about. <laughs> Actually, it is birds, but they're magical. <laughs> it is birds, but they're kind of terrifying. And if you let them eat your vegetables, they'll get even stronger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that that's it. I think this will be a fun story. I think that wraps us up, yeah. Okay, so thank you for listening. If you'd like to listen to more of this podcast, you can either go in our back catalog or you could just, you know, wait another week because we'll be putting another one out. Kind of depends on whether you're caught up or not. That's that's true. If you like the story and you write it, email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you're interested in being a guest, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you think we made some sort of weird error... Listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Share and like and rate and comment. You know, the things. Do the things. Give us engagement. You know, reassure us that we're not broadcasting into the void. (laughs) There we go. We could uh, feed the engagement dogs. I don't know. Like, what the engagement dogs are. You know, I'll have this figured out by next episode. Give me a week. If you're you're one of our eight slash nine regular listeners, we appreciate you. You know who you are. (laughs) Exactly. Especially because you're listening to this right now. And uh, we'll see you all next week. See you next week. Bye.